0: Now entering Nerdist.com
1: Welcome to the Writers Panel. I'm Ben Blacker, the creator and moderator of the podcast. I created the show because I wanted to talk to other writers about the business and process of writing. I've had more than five hundred writers on the show, so please check the archives to find more writers and more TV shows of interest to you. I'm a writer myself, having written for Supernatural, Puss and Boots, and other programs. I have a couple of cool projects out this first quarter of 2017 that I hope you'll check out. One is a Supernatural Western comic book series from Boom Publishing that I wrote with my writing partner, Ben Acker, and our friend, the TV showrunner, Andrew Miller. It's beautifully illustrated by Hannah Christensen, and the first issue is available in comic stores and online February 8th. In March comes the first book in a series of young adult novels that Acker and I wrote called Star Wars, Join the Resistance. It takes place just before The Force Awakens and is about a bunch of kids who join the fight against the First Order. But mostly they have adventures, fall in love with each other, and get in trouble. I hope you'll check out both of those projects. We're very proud of how they came out. Let me know who you'd like to hear on this podcast by following me on Twitter, at Ben Blacker, like the color only more so, liking the Writer's Panel on Facebook, and visiting writerspanel.tumblr.com. And if you like the show, please leave a review on iTunes. Reading those reviews... Really provides a pick me up. They write, they talk, and talk about what they write. Tune in to tonight, tonight, or whenever da, the time da, is right. It's the writer's panel with Ben Blacker, and it's starting now. Oh yeah! I'm gonna ask you guys to introduce yourselves. Uh, starting here with Wendy, just tell us uh, who you are and where we've seen your name on our TV screens.
2: Um, I'm Wendy Molyneux, and I work on Bob's Burgers um, with my sister, who's just about to introduce
3: herself as well. Here I
2: come. <laughs> I'm Lizzie <laughs>
3: Molyneux. Thanks. Um, I also work on Bob's Burgers.
1: And you guys, uh, tell us some of the other things just in the past uh, that where you have come from.
2: Um, well, Bob's Burgers was our first real TV gig. We do some feature work as well, okay. but um, primarily Bob's. Yeah, yeah, I worked on a short-lived talk show. Megan Mullally had a talk show, and I worked on that yeah. before Lizzie and I were a team. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, right. I was an assistant, so
3: you probably <laughs> heard of me around town. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Getting coffee, greatest one. The Whoever best at
1: picking yeah, up super newspapers. Super famous
0: assistant. Yep. Yeah. That was me.
1: Uh, well, I know people want to hear about that stuff. So we will get into it in a moment. Uh, but Stephanie,
0: uh, I'm Stephanie leader and you most recently would have seen my name on faking it on MTV. Uh, prior to that, 10 Things I Hate About You, Melissa and Joey, Men at Work, and I'm so jealous that you guys are sisters in a team. I really want a sister.
2: We can see if our parents we are looking for another kid. That would be amazing. Like a grown kid. Just, maybe like just adopt one. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you could get in still, I think. I'll check.
1: Krista.
4: Um, I'm Krista Vernoff, and um, most recently I've been writing Shameless. Um and before that, I, I'm so old, you guys. <laughs> okay, uh, let's see. My first job was Law & Order. I wrote an episode of Law & Order 19 years ago. <laughs> and then uh, I was on a show. You, I saw you were on the Party 5 spinoff, right? Time of Your Life. That was my yeah. first staff writer job. Oh, i awesome. Jennifer Love Hewitt and Jennifer Garner in mm-hmm. New York, trying, wow. to make it, trying to make it big. Uh, that was my staff writer job. And then I went to Charmed for three years. Uh, and then I was on Wonder Falls, mm-hmm. another little little cult, cult classic. And uh, and then I went to Grey's Anatomy where I was the um, head writer and co-showrunner for the first seasons two through seven. I was there seasons yep. one through seven. And then I left there and I did some consulting out in private practice mm-hmm. and, and then Shameless.
1: Great. Um, I want to talk about Charmed for a minute. Okay. I feel like I've had <laughs> so many Charmed writers in here. What it was it about that show that everyone goes on to become these powerhouse showrunners? Okay, before I answer that question, I just have to like geek out.
4: I have kids at home who are obsessed with your show, and they're <laughs> oh, going to think I'm uh, the coolest person. <laughs> <laughs> My boyfriend's kids are 12 and 16, and they 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 literally they're like, it's the best show that ever has been. Oh, just so, so you know, awesome so I feel here. like we weren't allowed to Google each other or know who each other was but I'm a little star strap, and they're going to
1: think I'm super cool. So I just so, want to say you're talking about the Megan Mullally show, right? Huge yeah. <laughs> yeah. fans, right?
4: Short-lived, but... Charmed had an extraordinary staff of writers because Brad Kern had an an incredible eye for talent. He just... We all became successful showrunners. We all came in there as baby writers, and everybody I was on that staff with is running and creating shows.
1: How was that show run? Like, did it prepare you all to go off and create and run shows?
4: It did, in good ways and not so easy ways. Mm-hmm. It did because um, Brad was incredible with story. He taught me how to break story. I was considered like the character girl. You know, like I could write character, but in my first year, they didn't think I was so good with story. And then what? by the time I went, I didn't realize it was happening. But when I left Charmed after three years, I was suddenly considered the story breaker in the room and so brad was really good at breaking story i imagine he is he still works uh and really good at
1: teaching us how to break story can you break that down a little for us i know it's something that we could all use
4: how do you break how, story yeah, like what,
1: what did he try to convey what were the basics of it or what Trump. have you taken with you it's gonna be
4: an easy question <laughs> um I don't hate Jews. Uh, okay.
1: <laughs> We're going to cut that out and put it at the beginning.
4: <laughs> <And> <laughs> the I'm, the right. <laughs> I'm the least jew hating. I'm at least Jew-hate Nazi you'll ever meet. Um
1: this isn't going to be in topical in a month when he's impeached. So. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, good.
2: Um, He'll probably be a really cool guy by then. Like, this won't even people will have forgotten that he ever yeah. like was weird. I can only imagine. Yeah, he's gonna chill. He's gonna be <laughs> he's gonna chill. Like paid
3: like party appearances by then. Yeah, 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 like in
0: Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all an act. He's gonna be fine. Yeah.
1: <laughs> You guys, I'm not starting with the things I told you I was going to start with. I want to hear from all of you about breaking story because this is and we're getting real deep real fast. But this is like this is the biggest part of the job. And it's the thing that I think a lot of new writers don't realize is going to be the biggest part of the job. Certainly I didn't when I started.
4: I will say that the thing I learned at Charmed was the difference between breaking story from character, which I believe is the right way to break story, versus breaking story from a series of moves. Mm -hmm. And I didn't understand... I remember my staff writer year, people would say to me, that's just a move, that's just a move. And I didn't know what that's just a move meant. I was like, you know, people move. Like, I, I, I didn't get it. And Brad taught me the difference between... Sort of diving into the character and saying, "Where would she need to go next based on her emotional sort of like Stanislavski work? Like, mm-hmm. what, like for an actor, like, what do you need? Mm-hmm. What do you want? What do you need? And what is your obstacle to it? Is like, is like, what is? Where would this character go next based on her emotional need versus where would this story go next? Because I think it's cool. Yeah, right." that for me was one of the key things I took away and that's really interesting and there are some by the way there are some shows that I think are great that that are often a series of moves you know what I mean like mm-hmm. shows can be great plot driven shows I I've I prefer I prefer as a viewer and as a writer stories that are broken from character mm-hmm. and so for me that was a key
1: yeah and I think I think that's the way a lot of writers feel but it's like you say, it's not always the shows that we work on. Uh, The shows may be driven by plot, but let's talk about Bob's Burgers for a second. Um, That show feels like, as much as it has room to breathe, it's plotted within an inch of its life. Like, There's so much plot in those shows.
2: Um, There, I think sometimes the the ones that feel more plot-heavy, too, I think we take a lot from... I mean, we have tons of episodes that are sort of homage episodes, Mm -hmm. like The Deepening is Jaws, but it's a shark that's on land that eventually gets into Bob's restaurant which is other like you can't i think if we if we go at it from like an homage or movie point of view we have to then find mm-hmm. the way that it's so far off of it that it doesn't seem cuz like the um ot the outside toilet which is one that we did is et uh but it's a, to- a talking toilet in the woods i mean so i think those ones we do like maybe plotted more heavily i guess the ones to me that are more character driven feel Less heavily plotted. Maybe because we're inside of it, I don't notice how much plot we're doing versus how much plot we're not doing. Yeah, I mean, I think it just depends on the episode.
3: Like, I mean, I think an episode we did that we got to the plot sort of second was... um, Gail making Bob's sled, where Bob has to spend basically all of his Thanksgiving with Gail. His yeah, that was all we knew, was we wanted yeah, Bob and Gail or, alone. So it was, you know, that for that one, we just sort of started with the idea of them together, like, are they trapped in her house, or, you know, it ended up being out in the snow. So I, I don't, I think we do sort of a version of both on Bob's because, you know, we're, we're week to week, we don't, you don't have to you know, keep the story going. Right. So there's episodes right. that are just you know, really about character and then there's the big episodes. You know, there was the one with uh Tina and the Girl Scout cookies and it was more of like a mystery and Mm -hmm. we've done you know, so I think for us it's um we're not always so plot driven just because our show is like, you know, you can watch it week to week and our stories don't have to keep going the way they do on, you know, other other series. How
1: how are episodes broken on the show? Are they broken in the room? Or are they broken? Yeah, they're the broken. Writer?
2: They're broken in the room. Although everyone, I think at Bob's and almost everyone has been there literally for seven years. <laughs> we don't change staff. We had one writer, um, Kit Boss, left to mm-hmm. go join uh, one hours, yeah. um, and he was on iZombie and Rake, I think. But um, other than that, it's it's the same staff. And so I think one thing everybody shares in common is a little bit of independence. A lot of times, people will take their story directly to Lauren and Jim and say, this is what we really want to do next. And that it could get totally nixed. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times, you know, it's not, we, in the first few years we would all sit around in the room and come up with ideas together. And now it's a lot more like by the time somebody's in the room, they're like, okay, Lauren's already signed off on this. We're doing, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we are doing Gail and Bob alone on Thanksgiving, now where are we going from there so it's I think everybody likes to have a little bit of mix of independence and in the room and then so once you have your idea and you're in the room it's definitely you know we tend to split off like we've, we have a larger stat we have 16 or 15 now I guess so you know people are wow. split up Some we're always in production we don't have a hiatus right. so mm-hmm. we always need people on jokes we need people breaking a new story and then somebody's usually off on their animatic or their color or something so you know you have like four or five people available to help you break your story and then a lot of times people will then go like you know once you have some basic cards up, go hoard your board back to your office and do it by yourself for a while mm-hmm. and then go back in the room. So, and now because we've all been there seven years, everyone just has their own style. And we, you know, we have one writer who basically likes to break almost all of it by herself. And then she likes to come in and talk about it a little bit and then go away again. And then I'll be like, Oh, she's off on script. And we're like, Oh, okay. Like <laughs> yeah. it, you know, but that's just, everyone now can have a little bit of their own process. Cause there's such a comfort level of everyone being there so long. Mm-hmm. And Lauren's always treated everyone sort of like a producer And so even from, you know, when we were baby staff writers, we had a lot of, I would say, independence to break our story a little bit on our own, you know, and then get it signed off on at the various at the various steps. Yeah. And I think just because we've done so many episodes
3: now that at the beginning there were certain episodes we were driving toward or things that we wanted to do like we need to do you know our louise episode where we really learn more about her character you know what is it like if she gets her first crush or some you know or what is her relationship with tina let's do an episode that really examines that but now we've done you know just so many different episodes and we've gotten a lot of those things out so it's a little more free for people to come up with just any idea and we figure out how to make it work
1: mm-hmm. um, well it is yeah. it gets to at a certain point it gets to that sort of sitcom sweet spot right where mm-hmm. you don't have to create moments for the characters anymore you can live in yeah. like, what this world exactly. is Exactly. Yeah. and let me just jump ahead for one sec once the script is and do a joke kind of a room punch-up
3: yes yeah we do usually uh you know, we'll get n- notes from Lauren, so we'll do like a room that's sort of doing the rewrite, and then we'll just have a joke room that's doing okay. all yeah, jokes. Yeah, we usually
2: and- farm a lot of alts on every script just for f- the fun of it. In some that's ways, true. or also when we're writing, like if it's like the name of a dance club we're like well this is going to get altered so let's not work very hard on yeah. naming it. So we'll put in like our first idea right. of the name of the dance club and then go like well it's getting altered so who cares um, but yeah it gets divided into story room which you stay with your script for the story room mm-hmm. you can either do it by yourself or with you know one two three people however mm-hmm. whatever makes you comfortable and then the jokes get farmed off to whoever else is available at that time
1: That's great. That's that's a good thing. Do
2: you not get a hiatus? We do not get a hiatus. (laughs) We don't. But our hours are so good. We work like 10 to 6.30 every day. There's no emergencies. There's no onset emergencies. It's animation. It's like having just like a job at a... Bank or something,
3: you know? We just so work like, like regular hours. hours. We also, we also off, run no a bank hiatus. out of the office. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Do you see it's how tricky. much pain I'm in? My face is.
4: I, there, I'm like, I'm, I have new gratitude that I've never had before. I thank you for that.
2: Well, because most people in life don't get a hiatus. Well, yeah. most people
4: in America, but in Europe right. they do. Yeah,
3: that's,
2: <laughs> true. Yeah, that's true. true. That's true. <laughs> that's
3: true. That's true. Yeah. But no, I mean it's. It's great, I mean cause we're it's just so it's predictable, it predictable, makes me happy. and yeah, it's just a,
2: like <laughs> I like not having <laughs> a because, day. because I don't think I know what to do with myself, I like knowing Drink. what's gonna happen every day <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> uh
1: stephanie i let us let's, let's go back to the thing I said I was going to lead with, which was uh talking about pilot season, sure, which were just sort of. On the other side of, for at least people who sold pilots that didn't get picked up, how was your experience (laughs) experience this year?
0: Um, Mine was great and crazy. I Uh sold my pilot the same week I had a baby. I actually was pitching notes kind of from the hospital. (laughs) I mean, I pitched (laughs) properly to the CW the week before I went into labor, but they had questions. And so
1: there's like a notes call set up. First of all, you pitched a week before you went into labor.
0: Well, I went into labor six weeks early. Okay. In my naive World, I oh thought I'd God. sell it and have a first draft done by the time the baby born. I write really fast and really disciplined, and like, oh, I'll just have to do a polish after the baby's born and it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I was really oh, no. naive. And <laughs> um, so Yeah. Then they set up a call. They wanted me to address some questions. I'd really pitched a romantic comedy, and they wanted to work at more workplace dramedy. So I had to shift it a little.
1: Interesting. Can you tell us anything about this? Like the the short short version. Sure. It's
0: not being shot, so (laughs) it's called Real Love. Um, It is about a young woman who is a full stack developer, a coder, and she sort of feels like she'll never meet her perfect match, she works at a dating company, that no one will meet their perfect match because it doesn't exist. Like, we're too picky. Like, we can't find love because we can't compromise on anything. And she's sort of on a lark, is thinking, well, the only way you could ever find your perfect match would be to write them, to develop them. And so she starts developing an app that is the perfect boyfriend, not thinking that he would become real and then allow Weird Science or her, the app that she develops develops consciousness and becomes self-aware and she falls in love with him. Huh? Yeah. You know? So this, this
1: is a romantic comedy. It's a romantic comedy. It really is.
0: Yeah, but I had to get some workplace soap into it because that's what CW needed more of. I mean, it's remained a romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. So they had questions I had to address. I was supposed to do it on Monday. My water broke on Sunday. I had written notes to myself. I brought them with me to the hospital. And my dad, who is a writer, a phenomenal writer, was sitting there across from me. So between contractions, I'm, like, trying to turn my notes into a Come document on. I can send. I'm not no. joking. There's, I have pictures. <laughs> and so I'm like, Dad, because I'm, you know, in pain and freaking out. I'm like, what's a synonym for, like, struggle? <laughs> like, I could, oh, my God. Because <laughs> I wrote the word struggle five times <laughs> oh on this my page. God. So I emailed it to my producer and... Diet How many
4: minutes did you have? But between- seven, <laughs> seven minutes at that point. Oh, okay. I started at three minutes apart and never got. it. Yeah. Okay, okay. It's doable. Lizzie. It's crazy, yeah. Stephanie. It's, it's crazy. crazy. It's not oh, doable. <laughs> this
0: is insane. <laughs> no, it's insane. And it went on. So then I had the baby, and then they still had more questions, and so we had another oh nose call set up for a week after. My baby's in the NICU because he was premature, and I'm like, I can't do this. I told my producer, my agent, like, I have a baby in the hospital. I can't sell a pilot. And they're right. like, you haven't even sold it. Like, just have the call. I'm like, oh "But I Oh my god. I can't do this." Oh my god. And and I'm like, "I can do this off-season. See if they're open to off-season." So, apparently that conversation happened, I don't know. So then I get readmitted to the hospital because I had preeclampsia. D- oh discovered after I had the baby. This oh conversation started with her saying, "My development experience was
4: great." Right. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> a good point.
0: You know, it doesn't have to be like this. <laughs> my producers, Studio Network, were amazing. Great. And How really, understanding. How was your childhood? <laughs> Fairly. <laughs> That's another story. But um, so then I was in the hospital, and I had another call on Monday, and so once again, like, had to like really fast come up with an answer. They bought it on the on the call basically and I was like what ha- just happened I said I couldn't do this oh but it was like the wheels were in motion mm-hmm. oh my gosh and now I just they kept doing it every step because <laughs> everyone's really understanding they're like if you can't make the deadline just let us know and I'm like well I can do the story doc yeah I can do that <laughs> and then you turn it in I'm like yeah, I could write an outline, okay, sure. Like I guess I can do the first draft. <laughs> so, like, wow, I oh just kept doing it, and my producer was amazing, the studio was amazing, the network was amazing. Even though I had to redevelop it like about 100 times, I still I don't know. I, it was better than taking care of a screaming baby, <laughs> to be honest.
2: <laughs> That's <laughs> your permission
0: to ask
4: someone else to take care yeah. of a screaming baby because you had to write.
0: Yes, and that's not a bad. Thing. My husband took paternity leave. My in laws stayed with us, and because my baby was is a lot of work. <laughs> yeah,
1: he's wow. wonderful. Tell him that until he's wonderful. About Seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's that's incredible. It was. I mean, insane. you. So you were doing. Uh, clearly, you didn't have to go anywhere for this. Like well, you were that's doing it over the phone. And, yeah. yeah, I
0: did it entirely from home in my yeah. pajamas. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's like that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. A lot of the pain in the ass about development is going in and out of going like driving down to Culver City and stuff.
0: Yeah, and I think people are really nice to me because they knew that I had a like 2-week old. So, I got a lot of notes, but they were very friendly. <laughs> like, right. right. I was like you did a great job. Can you like afraid that Like I was going to start screaming and crying at them or something. I don't oh know. God.
1: Had you sold and developed in the past? No, this i is your had, first pilot. It's the
0: first one I've sold.
1: Really? Yeah. I can't wait for the next one when you see it doesn't have to be this way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I had been prepared for it to be hellish, and like it was really only hellish because I never got to sleep. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I just, I guess, I really liked everyone I was working with. I really liked the project. I feel like it turned out really well. So,
1: and after those initial uh, workplace notes from mm-hmm. the network, what other kinds of notes were you getting, and how did you deal that, with them?
0: That was really the majority of the notes, mm-hmm. was to push it in a different direction, and then a note that was really smart, which was to hold off um, the reveal that he was self-aware until the very end. I'd initially had it earlier, uh, kind of like a midpoint moment, mm-hmm. um, which actually, when I'd first started pitching it, I had wanted to hold it off, but I thought network is very impatient. You always have to yeah, have story, story 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 right. story story network yeah. and I thought yeah. there's no way I'm going to be able to get away with this, and they were really supportive of kind of slow rolling the romance, which I was I really know. surprised by.
1: did they talk about by. why at all? No yeah. that's
0: really and interesting is what I wanted to do anyway I was like Yes, yes. Your note is right. <laughs> like, I will Here's,
4: do it. The, the, That's a slow roll in network, and if you made that in cable, y- he wouldn't become self-aware till the end of season it, one. Exactly. Right, exactly. It, yeah. The slow yeah. roll would be like, I think I'm gonna make it up. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna go have sex with my stepbrother while I think about it. Like, just let me
1: just.
0: <laughs> what <Nope>. can- <laughs> channel is that? <laughs> stars.
1: <laughs> oh, stars. Um, uh, Krista, you've you've done pilots for both cable and network. Is that right? Yes. And. Um, number of them uh, and and comedy and drama too right or at least light drama
4: uh, i 've done a light i i 've never written a half hour sure but i 've done sort light, of hour long light yeah. drama and heavier drama and I've, I think I've sold 12 and made five. Wow. Um, oh, hey, that's pretty those good. are good, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I sit around and go, and none of them have gone to series. Yeah. It's like we all yeah. have our, our, like, rung of the ladder oh, where we right. get stuck or frustrated. Or, um, but,
1: I've,
4: but I've had really
1: good experiences.
4: I've had really yeah. bad experiences. Um, <laughs>
1: was there one that you can think of that was sort of uh, instructive going forward? That you ta- taught you something about dealing with the development process.
4: Yeah, um, last year yeah, I'm going to talk about deep emotional life okay. instead <laughs> of process. This is because it's part of the process of staying functional as an artist. I think is learning how to process disappointment in a way that doesn't make you want to quit and mm-hmm. go get a cubicle somewhere. Um, last year. <clears throat> I wrote a pilot. I developed it with Bad Robot, with J.J.'s company, for ABC. So I was working with J.J. and Disney the month that Star Wars became the biggest movie in the history of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. 100% that pilot was getting made, right? 100% that pilot was getting made. And that was the, everybody's approach, because it had a big penalty against it, mm-hmm. because it was straight down the middle in terms of network TV, because I've gotten good at, at, at delivering what I say I'm going to deliver, because um, all of those things I just described, the head of the studio took me out to lunch, told me it was his favorite pilot of the year. They made us prep it. For a month, we prepped it. We hired a line producer. We hired a casting director. We uh, were going over budgets. We were having fights about where we were going to shoot it. Then guess what happened, you guys?
3: (laughs) (laughs) You shot it, and it's on TV. (laughs) Am I right? You are
4: close. You You are close. Um, Trump's network. (laughs) uh, It didn't get made. It got caught in a political... Battle between people who had nothing to do. Like it got caught at the upper levels of the network in ways that I have only recently come to understand. And um, uh, and 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 the call just came in that it that it wasn't going to go. And it I am the age that I am, which is a lie on Wikipedia. And 27 right? Mm -hmm. and uh, I've been through a lot of versions of disappointment I've been through making I also had a thing the year before I wrote a pilot called Studio City for Fox that Deadline had as a it's on the air, it's a sure go, it's a sure go it's a sure go and they always know almost (laughs) always they know before we know what's happening it's a sure go, it's a sure go, it had an incredible cast Senaham redirected it it was really good and in the morning of the pickups, I woke up and Deadline had a headline, 11th Hour Reversal. <gasps> 11th Hour Reversal. Studio City seems to be out of favor and has been replaced by this other, you know, whatever, Lucifer, Luther, when, uh, something with an L that I've never watched out of bitterness. Yeah. And <laughs> uh, and so between those two experiences, I reached a breaking point with my ability to Invest like you always go, well, I'm not going to put my eggs in that. But you really put your fucking eggs in that basket. Mm -hmm. And so this year I wrote a pilot that had a huge penalty against it. I wrote it with John. I wrote it with John Wells Productions, who's made 20 billion trillion dollars for NBC. I wrote it for NBC and Warner Brothers with John Wells had a very big penalty. It was a put pilot. And my gut told me it wasn't going to go. And my gut told me that way before we were having the conversation because I've been through this so many times. And everybody in my life said, that's now a defense mechanism. Mm -hmm. That's now a defense mechanism. And I was like, you know what? Even if it is, I'm going to live like it's not going to go. And the way that I made that Actual is that I took myself on a writer's retreat with a friend of Palm Springs and we brainstormed all the ideas that we could possibly come up with for new things that I could do, for what I could do next when this thing doesn't go, if this thing doesn't go. I disengaged from the project emotionally because I, it was no longer in my control. As an artist, I can only control the art. I cannot control the outcome. Yeah. So I went away and I did my work. I have a friend who just made uh, 12 episodes of a show for CBS and it went to and out. It was a beautiful show. It was an incredibly well crafted show. It went as an activist show.
0: What show?
4: uh, doubt, mm-hmm. starring Laverne Cox and Katie Heigl and Dule Hill and Elliot Gould, and it, it was and we had Joan on
1: this show did, a few months ago, and she talked so, about, and people should listen to okay. that and get interested in that show get and find it, it. find it, find a way to see
4: it. <laughs> it's devastating, and yet what I said to her when that call came in is it is you know because uh, first of all I said to her because we all go I'm a fraud, I'm a failure, I'm a fraud, I'm a failure, is you have made it twelve episodes further than I have, yeah. You're, that, mm-hmm. So unless you think I'm a fraud and a failure, you're not a fraud and a failure. You, you're on you're, you, you're a higher rung of the ladder than me. Okay. And my dad said to me when I was a kid, I gave my stepmom the nickname Soda Fountain. It was some conversation with my dad and my stepmom because she had been defeated in some artistic endeavor. And I don't know if I made this up or if my dad made it up, but it has always stuck with me that we are the Soda Fountain and that is a Coke. We are the soda fountain, and that script is a Coke. And if we approach it, if we make it our whole lives, we can't enjoy our kids, our love affairs, our anything if we put the power of our sanity into the hands of the people who are deciding if our work gets seen. So that changed for me this year. I didn't... I, it I didn't actually, break you when it didn 't let it break yeah. me, and I moved on in my head
1: emotionally before they could destroy me and so but that, and that 's an interesting th- a couple things here that you know you do have to care about the project, you mm-hmm. have to care about the thing while you 're doing it, right You have to invest in the thing while you 're doing it, and imagine that this is going to go for ten years. But once it's handed in, (laughs) you do the opposite. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, you kind of do. Once it's handed in, you
4: have to do the opposite. You have to invest in it emotionally or you won't create the art that you want to create. But you cannot put your happiness, Mm -hmm. you cannot attach your well being or your happiness to what happens once your work is done. You cannot control it and it's not about you. Mm -mm. And this is
1: the thing that comes up here quite often, which is like, as writers, you can only control what you can control, right? So much of it is out of our control. And so much of this business is rejection and failure. So do the thing that you can do.
4: Do your art. Do your art. Be an artist. Write great stories. And you can't just be an artist. You have to also work with the studio and the network and take their Mm -hmm. notes and apparently between contractions. But you also have to be a business person. But you cannot... Attach your happiness and well being and sanity and sense of worth to the outcome. Yeah,
0: and That's, your identity. You have to find yeah. another way to base your identity. You can't just be a writer or you'll go crazy. Sure. And something else my dad said, which is very similar to what you were talking about, is it's just TV. We're not saving lives. Mm-hmm. And because people get so dramatic and so invested, and you have to remember that, hey guys, we're writing TV shows. Like, right.
1: it's okay. It feels <laughs> like the stakes are so huge. Yeah. But really, we're just telling little stories. <laughs> Um, yeah. What was you guys uh, Wendy and Lizzie What was your experience This year Were you healthy
2: Oh yeah Yeah uh, I think maybe We were look, just really Blessed writers. with low self esteem <laughs> Yeah <laughs> So like When something doesn't go We're just like oh, of Yeah <laughs> That makes sense. I, I, mean, I also I, I think like yeah. for a while we had a spec script floating around that where like it was about people like smoking pot, and I think people thought Lizzie and I smoked a lot of pot, but I think we just have that person. <laughs> we have those personalities without actually smoking a lot of pot. Like where we're just like, oh, okay, like yeah. <laughs> stuff doesn't go. I, I don't I, know why it yeah. just doesn't. I try I to know sort know of go into each uh,
3: development season just kind of like we'll just see what happens yeah. <laughs> because I mean you really yeah. I, I mean. It's not it, it's it's so hard to predict and I feel like I always early on I'm like they're not. This isn't happening. I,
2: I feel like I can always tell from the first <laughs> but note. But you call. still have to do the best you can. You do. A hundred percent. Because you don't want to have a shitty script. Flick and I swear. Is that okay? Yeah. You don't want to have a shitty script floating around out there at all. But you do have to say, I'm going to do the absolute best I can. But like you were saying, it. I think what stood out to me the most about what you said is when they said they need more of this this year. You're mm-hmm. writing against like sort of companies yeah. and their yeah. agendas. So you have to still try to make your script really good. And they may just say you know what we're not doing uh you know ours was essentially kind of a dark romantic comedy this year we were rebooting um the show pulling from the bbc sharon with sharon morgan yeah
1: did you work
2: with sharon funny
3: yeah yeah yeah. she was amazing and lovely and so it it was a a show that we were like fans of so i mean it was so much fun to get to do a version of it um who did you do it for um, NBC.
2: NBC.
1: Yeah. And they <laughs> well, they did, didn't they,
2: pick up the usual had a, <laughs> no, they, they had a switch in. in the middle. They decided to pick up Will and Grace, and then they picked up another multicam to pair with it. And that, I mean, who knows if we would have ever been in the mix anyway? Because, I mean, Lizzie had I a really said, good point yeah. during the, what's your, your pearl of wisdom early on? She knew we weren't getting picked up from very early. Well, because
3: <clears throat> I think our first big notes call with them, they... They sort of asked, like, we sort of redeveloped the original pilot, but you know, changed it to be more American and sure. sort of our version. Add new you characters, just put in potato chips scattered yeah, the script
2: Doritos, and, Doritos, like yeah. boobs, well, uh, a, uh, boobs, like everybody's like, yeah, uh, boobs. All the
3: time. That's exactly. a few years old yeah. too,
1: right? Pulling yes,
2: yeah, pull so I think it was like 2006.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, ten years old. But
3: they, we, you know, we did the outline, or we, I can't even remember if that was the draft. I think it was that. Outline Mm -hmm. and then they said, "What if it
2: wasn't the pilot
3: version?" So
2: I, I, kind of get a sense that they bought something that they're not sure that that's the thing they want, Mm -hmm. right? I think they, they,
3: they want a different show. So they they decided something that they need, and then they see what they have, and they say, "Could we push this into that thing that we need?" Right? And like, could you just sort of make this into that? Mm -hmm. Like you were saying, with Mm -hmm. you know, we need a workplace, or Mm -hmm. we need. A family. Could they it just be a family
2: version? <laughs> yeah, no, and I'm not and direction. I'm not crit- I mean that's their job. <gasps> yeah. So I'm not criticizing right. it even with this. Like we had a lovely time developing with NBC. It was more that then Lizzie got the sort of hairs on the back of the neck of this probably isn't exactly what they're looking for this year. Mm-hmm. So then you, I mean you just have to we still did like all of their notes and everything they said and tried to do the best version of that mm-hmm. that we can. But again, like I said, I think it was our our are we like, okay. <laughs> like put the boat in the water, by boat. Like yeah. that's I mean it's just like nothing you can do about <laughs> right. it. It's such a crazy
3: business that you're um, just like, And they have you know. like every, you know, network now. It's sort of like they're creating their brand or what is their show? Mm-hmm. Like what's who are they getting to watch their channel? Mm-hmm. So I mean, in some ways you're just it fits on what they need that year or it doesn't. And you could write the best thing in the whole world, the most funny thing and cast the most amazing people and they're still not going to pick it up yeah. because they like, they need that workplace thing. But mm-hmm. also oh, you yeah.
4: mentioned a thing that happens all the time, which is why we have to keep our feet on the ground emotionally in some other way than did they make my thing is that they move the finish line on you. They, oh, in the totally. middle of the season, they decided oh, yeah. to pick up Will and Grace and now it became about multi camps. It's no longer about single camps and they move the finish line after they buy your shit all the fucking time. <laughs> and
2: it's just how <laughs> this town works. I it's, need to get a little of your like, <laughs> yeah, I, like, know. I it, <laughs>
1: and, like
2: fire
1: instead of
3: like, You're like drug, a, a drug yeah, try Yeah, it's,
1: yeah. Well, yeah.
3: I'm yeah we're in fire. our we're in our like middle uh, slump. Yeah. Wow. I see we're like in our like middle sort slump.
2: of like we've end had five and shot one, so we don't have near your first <laughs> Yeah,
4: so uh, I well uh, there was a point where I was five out of six, so wow. the six was wow. that was rough. But <laughs> but but the very first pilot I ever made was called Introducing Lenny Rose, and when I and I made it, I pitched it. While we were making season one of Grey's Anatomy. So that's how long ago it was. And ABC was fourth. They they were fourth, and they said to me, um, if you could get women 18 to 34 to stay on our network for anything other than The Bachelor, huh. you would be our hero. They said to me in my pitch. So I pitched them this little show about a woman between the ages of 18 and 34.
2: Trying <laughs> to make it. You can't tell what age she is. You know, She's somewhere and- <laughs> between 18 and 34. Somewhere. Is she in
4: college? She's or is she
2: starting to get fertility? treatments nobody knows could be either. Keep it so,
4: loose. <laughs> I wrote this right. pilot. I made this pilot. In between when I sold the pilot, somewhere in between when I sold it and when I made it, Grey's Anatomy, Lost and Desperate Housewives premiered and ABC went from fourth place to first. Yeah. Right. And when they called me to pass with zero irony or acknowledgement, they said, your pilot tested through the roof with women 18 to 34 <laughs> but that's just not a broad, a broad enough demographic for us anymore.
3: Wow. Yeah. Oh, and like,
4: uh, you just go... Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I just shot myself in the head, but you, you know that. I mean, I really. I mean, I went to bed for weeks. It, 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 like I was young, and it was yeah. devastating. Yeah. Yeah. And I had this bad habit back then of writing my own true, like writing my own life story into my pilots. I recommend against it because <laughs> you take it so much more personally when it doesn't go. But like, well, oh, yeah, sorry. Go ahead.
2: No, I was just saying. I think maybe Lizzie and I just process all of that as we're going because it's such a. Like there was one year when we got so many notes calls. And I had a bottle of Advil on my desk for headaches. And every time we had a notes call, we would quietly open, open it, it. <laughs> pour all of the pills on the table and then spend the whole call dividing it into two equal piles like very slowly and solemnly and then we would both scoop them into our hands and pretend to take them during the call and I think it just made, maybe made us feel better because yeah. we were like and I'm not making a suicide joke believe me I just dig it seriously I'm not I don't feel like somebody but, but it's a like, good suicide not joke funny. but yeah. it's like um, I care very deeply about mental health but uh, it was don't just like really way count the way you don't guys. do it was, I committed
0: suicide yesterday and I really <laughs> just shit. The show.
2: But it was just like or, or I think maybe also having a partner helps you because you're there's somebody sure. literally where there's something in the room that they say where you can literally just be like, No one can see this because I'm on a microphone. Right. But like where you do the eyes wide and like head to the side right. thing real fast to your rating partner where it's like somebody's reflecting to you that this is crazy yeah. and that might also help with the coping as it goes, is like this is nuts. Yeah. And then you can still do the best you can, but you know that it's a little nuts as it goes. And I think I think too. Just
3: I. I feel like I have. I know which. Pilot, you're talking about that we worked on, but we had so many calls, and so I I feel calls. like you learn how to like protect yourself or like when you need to like be able to take those calls. Like I were I was like on vacation for like a few of them, and I have just like these distinct memories of like everyone else I was with was like eating lunch, and I was like out in the like rental car, just like, like on the phone for two hear. hours, being yeah. like, okay, so we got the the notes, so <laughs> we, we got it, like. But you just there's a lot of, so I feel like we've also just learned to like sort of brace yourself and. Like like figure out like how do you minimize like the amount of like work and calls and all of that? How can you like try to protect the product a little bit? Right? navigate from... through it without just
2: completely being burned out before you've even started the draft. Which yeah. is and as you go, as you get a little more confident, I think as the years have gone by. you learn because I think the first couple years we did it it was like oh we have to do every little thing Mm -hmm. that gets said and then you start to learn that maybe by the time it goes back in some of the crazier things will have been forgotten even by the people who said them and you can kind of shove them off to the side but the first couple years you're doing it You know, it just doesn't fit. You don't realize that it would be better and you'll wind up with a better thing and they'll be happier with you you if you don't listen to every single thing. Because every once in a while you get something so crazy that if you did it, it's going to create more work for everyone for like another month and you're going to be so late turning in. So you have to, I think you begin to get that filter. I don't know if ours is, you know. And you know that they're probably not going to make it. So you're just like, (laughs) (laughs) okay, (laughs) I'm just going to do
3: the thing that I think is the best. And if you you do, you're probably not going to make it either way. way. I think
1: that's an important lesson. I'm sure you guys have all experienced that is like, you know, this project better than they do better than anyone does. And and ultimately you have to decide, right. What's the important things? What are the important notes that you can or can't take? Um, I want to talk about, um, let's stick with you guys for a minute. Just, uh, I'm sure you've told the story a million times so you can give me the fake version or the short version. (laughs) Um, How did you guys start working together?
3: Um, we met on an online chat room <laughs>
2: people with the last name out No, um, it
3: turned like Tinder, out we Tinder were Tinder for siblings. <laughs> Tinder yeah. for siblings,
2: and um, well, I was already out of school, and Lizzie was still in
3: college. Um, yeah, so I was just in LA. I did like an you know I interned over the summer at a production company, and I knew I wanted to do something in entertainment, but I hadn't. I didn't know really what that meant, um, and uh, we were coming. You know. Tasked with like coming up with some movie ideas for, I think, like Amy Poehler or something at the time. Um, and they the producer liked an idea that I pitched. So I was like very excited and thought, like, well, okay, now I'm going to just be like this amazing, you know, film producer.
2: Because um, <laughs> that's how that's it happened. Really? You were picturing the next day they'd give you like the director's <laughs> yeah, chair and a,
4: and a tasked, megaphone. Wait, they tasked the interns with yeah. coming up for movie uh-huh. ideas for stars. Yeah, Pitching. That is so fucked. Yeah. That is so fucked. <laughs> Because they're never, ever going to give
2: you credit or money. No, of course not. Well, that's why when she told me that that's what happened, I was like, well, you should just tell them you're going to write it yourself. Mm -hmm. And... That is, yeah. in fact, what so then started, she didn't know what that. I mean, you knew what that meant. You're not. You weren't. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> know what she, she knew <laughs> what, what words meant. meant. But she hadn't done like an outline or things like that, no. what the steps were, and so we wound up doing it together, and that was fun. And was you fun. had you were already writing. I was. I think literally that year, that was the year that I was on that my first TV job, which was the Megan Mullally mm-hmm. talk show. Um, was it, And you
1: were just uh, staffed on, on. I was that a staff show? writer. Okay.
2: Yeah, um, and it only lasted about six months, which I think for. the the best because megan's gone on to do like was that a a daily show yes we taped six shows a week
1: was it in la yes okay
2: and i love (laughs) megan and and the it was it was fun parts of it were fun because like nick at the time was not Mm -hmm. you know a a, a huge tv star yet or anything so he was kind of hanging around and we would make these little comedy videos with them after work that's what like you want to do but then when you're in that machine of you know, a a syndicated talk show, they also want you doing, like, cooking segments and this and that. It, It was a very crazy experience. People who do a daily show, I... I I'm I feel like my hair was like falling out. Oh, I was like I wasn't yeah. sure I ever wanted to work in television again because wow. a daily talk show is a very different animal than working on a scripted show. So it was very I found it stressful to the extreme, and we kind of knew that it wasn't doing well enough to continue. Mm-hmm. So when Lizzie and I started working on this thing, I kind of knew that we were probably not long for the world <laughs> with the talk show. But luckily, stayed, Megan plays Gale on Burgers so we've always stayed oh, nice. in touch and stayed. And, and Nick's been on it a bunch too. So it, sure. it was that was a positive experience. In that, you know, like meeting people, making relationships. I don't think I'm cut out for the... talk show world. No, it's, but, um, it's a whole
1: different set of skills, it feels like.
2: Uh, yeah, absolutely. But anyway, sorry, digression. And yeah. then we started, uh, yeah, so we wrote we, a screenplay we wrote, together. Yeah, a screenplay of that idea, and it, so I
3: I have not gone back and read that in I like a million either. years. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure curious.
2: it's not
1: Did that the best. screenplay but... sort of become the, the magic script for you? Did that open doors?
2: Um, no, we no, actually we, we signed on with them, with these managers, Kaplan Prone who are awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and they read that script, but that didn't wind up. They were kind of like, let's develop something else and then we wrote this other script called My Sister's Marrying a Douchebag and that got on the blacklist and that's how we started getting meetings. Great and, title. And um, getting out in the world. That was yeah. kind of how we got,
0: you know Which of your husbands was it about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was about all of our husbands we <laughs> yeah, got put together a lot of them. Um, <laughs>
2: yeah
3: so I I guess long story short, we just kind of worked together sort of as a way of Introducing me to writing, and yeah. we just liked working together. And it, and and it was
2: fun. Yeah, yeah. we just stuck.
1: And what is uh, what is your process? How um, do you two work together?
2: Well, f- for Bob's, you know, of course, it, you know, when you go out on script, we we don't work in the same room. Like one of us will take Act One and then send it to the other, and that person rewrites Act One and adds Act Two, and then. Oh, yeah. on and on. And then usually... Then one and two and three, then back to the other person for four, we'll and have then we get the same room. Yeah, and we'll do, like, our,
3: you know, our last day, we'll sit together and go through and, you know, alt jokes and <laughs> fix things and all yeah. that. But and with then- Bob's, it's, it's just, we're such a... Right. We've done it for seven years, so I feel like we can do, like, our separate stuff
2: and... Yeah, and then for feature, it does help more to like you know sometimes we'll use the writers' room and Bob because we can you know put it up on the wall with a yeah. projector cool. and kind of work through stuff together. It is such a bigger document that it's like mm-hmm. in order to close it out, you really need a lot of time together versus yeah. a TV. Yeah. But I know, would to, say,
3: I mean, we do a fair amount like of a, of early drafts of things or outlines and stuff like that. We do some of it separate and just mm-hmm. kind of back and forth. forth. Get it to a point that's pretty good and then we'll sit together and finish it.
1: Yeah. That Um, seems, that makes a lot of sense and it seems efficient too. But,
3: I mean, we've, I mean, other, uh, partners on our show, like they they do everything together. Like they're in the, in the same room, room.
2: or yeah. they're on Skype the whole time. And <laughs> I mean <laughs> I think neither of us is that type of person yeah. somehow. So luckily neither of us needs that. So yeah. we are not not there's anything wrong with needing it. I mean it's lucky that we have the same opinion. Right. About it's it. Yeah. It,
4: but it's also that you you don't maybe because you're sisters or maybe because you are stellar humans. <laughs> you don't
2: have <laughs> that much
4: ego. You're willing when you said I write an act one, I send it to my sister, she rewrites my act. One and adds an act two. I was like, I had a little mini seizure inside, <laughs> and I thought, do you are you do you ever pick up the phone and be like, bitch, why'd you change that joke on page
3: three? Like it was funny. I mean, occasionally well, I'll say like, I really like that thing. I do care if I put it back in, but I mean, also just working on a show week to week, like so much gets changed sure. that mm-hmm. um, yeah. right? You know, you you're not too precious about it. I think with like maybe a feature or something like that, there's a little bit more of. Like we'll hold what people write a little bit more, and, or like mm. change after we've discussed things, or you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I think with it's a bigger with, with Bob's. It's just I mean you know it, it's so weird going into like knowing that your script's going to get rewritten by the room, sure. but you enjoy that, and it always turns out better. So you're not like and coming you still have to places. do a
1: good job. Absolutely, but you know it's going to change. But you, yeah, you're
3: like this. You know, I'm kind of got, got what I think we should have, but yeah. I know it'll get better. So you can, I will say that's a. It, since we're
4: talking about process, that's a thing I learned uh, when I went to Shameless because yeah. Shameless functions a lot more like a comedy room, mm-hmm. and I had only been mm-hmm. it, it sort of an hour long TV where it's like you and the showrunner. It's like right. you write your script, you turn it into the showrunner. The showrunner gives you notes, you rewrite it. The showrunner then rewrites you, mm. and that's how it works. Mm-hmm. The room oh, does you do anything yeah. after oh, you go off to outline. The room is off breaking future episodes. Mm. So at Shameless you bring in your outline to the room and everybody sits around the table and you get noted by Outland. every writer in the room. And then you bring your script into the room yeah. and you get noted by every writer in the room and, and people pitch jokes and things like that. And the showrunner, John Wells, sits at the table and sort of directs traffic. Mm-hmm. He'll have his notes, but if you pitch something, if he, he's like, I have a note on page 16, and he's, he'll say the note. But if you're like, oh, I have a different note there, he'll think about it and go, yeah, no, hers is better. Do her," Or he'll say, Whoa. no, do mine. You know yeah, what I mean sure. like he'll yeah. he's I've heard he 's done this for all of his he's, shows he's too. incredible he's in, really he 's an incredible writer and mentor and yeah. uh, showrunner he 's incredible would you run a show that way now i would now I would I had learned brad 's method. So mm-hmm. when I was doing Gray's, I was keeping a 40-hour-a-week writer's room, and I was doing it that way. But the amount of work on me of being the person, yeah. the only person reading and noting everything, and then having to get into the room and steer things, and you don't get all the brain benefit of all yeah. these highly-paid writer producers. And mm-hmm. and John is like, he wants everybody's brain on everything. Yeah. yeah. the only way yeah. that works is that he keeps a nine-hour-a-week writer's room. Because when everybody's job on the staff is to read and note every... Mm-hmm. Outline and script. There's not a. There's not time to sit in the room forty hours a week. I've been there. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Well, he doesn't. No, we don't. We don't live life like that. No, no. That's great. No, no. We have like. See his wife and kids, and so we we keep a nine hour a week writers room. I don't know that I would. The reason John can do that is because he can. He, he's John Wells. He gets sure. every the, the pick of the litter writer. Yep. Like he gets who he wants, and he yep. gets us to come in and cut our salary in half <laughs> to work for him. So <laughs> it's it's everybody's capable of going off and breaking story by themselves. Right. They don't need the room to teach them how to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think a, a, I I don't think anymore that a forty hour week writers room is necessary.
0: I agree with you. Yeah.
1: Uh, well, uh, I, I want to talk uh, going back to the beginning. You don't we? think a forty hour week is necessary. And yet you did all your work right after giving birth. But I actually didn't work
0: that many hours a day because I was breastfeeding my baby like every hour and a half. It just makes you work efficiently. I think way too much time is wasted.
2: Sure, that's a good point. (laughs) I think our writership is just so casual that it's like, I guess we probably are there. 40 hours a week, but it's like two people like face down on a couch and somebody like <laughs> yeah. throwing gummies at each other. Like it's just not, yeah, it's it's not all a professional new, at all. Watch the new movie trailer. It's, it's a try try very unprofessional environment. That
4: is exactly what I've learned It you. is that you, is that when you're in the room 40 hours a week, you're really only working probably 20 of those. Yeah, but right. I think it,
2: but yeah. honestly though, the four hours that we sit and mm-hmm. act like assholes is <laughs> like, I think, and then somebody will suddenly be like, well what if and then like yeah. the story gets broken. I think it is for some reason it just is like all that I think we essentially now after seven years like speaking gibberish like it's 100% inside jokes now Yeah, and I think anybody who came into the room would be like what's <laughs> happening <laughs> what are you even talking about there's like weird songs that we have where I cannot remember the lyrics don't make sense and no one can remember <laughs> the origin of them yeah, but everyone on staff knows the songs, <laughs> and it's just like—I mean, it's—it's it's a weird environment now. But the—the the time we spend fucking around, I think, you know, unfortunately, sometimes is required. Well, and it we're not under the, the same pressures too of yeah. like y- shooting, you know with
3: actors and all of that like you know having to get things done on a certain schedule I mean we are on a certain schedule but there's still always other things going on in the office so somebody's in a meeting for you know their animatic just came in and the they're review. sitting in and yeah. re- watching that and someone has a music spotting thing and people are on audio so there's stuff going on all the time yeah. but <laughs> we,
2: you probably, know. we probably could be more efficient but I don't we know
3: could. But, but we are there you know we don't get a hiatus so I think our, yeah, we take sure. a little bit of hiatus every day yeah. for like an hour <laughs> too
2: in our minds and then you. yeah you can be there i don't think every day like if you really focus, focus yeah on. you maybe really need to look at a picture that look of a piece of wood that looks like a dog is trapped in it. That, was oh, like, that was a good, that good that picture that was a good picture, a good picture though right
1: uh, uh stephanie i want to come back to you and talk about <laughs> um about breaking in and and what led to your first job
0: I have a really weird breaking in story because I come from a big Hollywood family, and it still took me forever to break in. So I'm really Burn. untalented. <laughs> <laughs> My aunt, you probably know Mimi Leader, as a director, directed a bunch of shameless episodes. <laughs> oh my episodes. God, I love Mimi. She's the best. She's incredible. Yeah. My dad, Ruben Leder, was a showrunner for many years, still writes. Um, I had no interest in being a writer. I went to Berkeley, studied sociology, political science. I was a radical. I went to Berkeley. No way. Yeah. You probably saw me selling the international socialist paper on the quad. <laughs> I totally saw it. I knew I
3: recognized
0: <laughs> so That's who I was. Um, no longer. Uh, I... Moved to L.A. I was writing a novel on a lark because I was naive and thought, oh, it'll take me a couple months. And i I moved to Argentina.
1: (laughs) Okay. Go on.
0: And I was basically struggling, waitressing, teaching English as a second language, um, trying to be a novelist. My Aunt Geraldine, who's a casting director, was like, "Uh, have you thought of TV? I'm like, no. (laughs) Like, I don't own a TV. She's like, like, but you're really broke. I'm like, yeah. (laughs) She's like, But TV is really fun. I'm like, I don't know. And she's like, maybe you should think about it. Mm -hmm. And she introduced me to a script coordinator who I um, met with who's really generous and was like, why don't you come shadow me? And he was working on a multicam called Stacked. Um, I remember Sacked. Yeah. Pamela Anderson, the All right. She works in a bookstore. That's right. It, it was really, really <laughs> well written. It was all the writers who are now the writers on Modern Family. And uh, I sat in that room for a week and I was like, oh my God, this is the most fun I've ever had. This is the best thing in the world. Like, yeah, I want to be a writer. I guess I should watch some TV now. <laughs> I guess I should buy a TV. Well, can someone buy it for me? Because I'm broke. <laughs> Dad. <laughs> um, so I... Months later, they needed a writer's assistant. I became a writer's assistant. And so I was a writer's assistant for years <laughs> before, mm-hmm. before I was on a show where someone, like, asked to read my stuff and had a script to give. And that was Carter Covington, who I will love forever. Oh, wow. And that was 10 Things I Hate About You. Yeah. So.
1: Um, were you writing your own scripts in this time? I was Learning writing how to do it?
0: specs. Uh, yeah, I wrote some specs. It was a... The New Adventures of Old Christine spec mm-hmm. that Carter read and loved. I loved that show so much because um, it's my family. That was exactly my family. So it was almost like writing a pilot. <laughs> sure. Um, I don't know if I had written a pilot during that time. I might have. Uh...
1: And, and then the specs of, of existing shows were sort of the thing that was anyway. the thing. That's that, what people that, yeah, were yes. I don't do that
4: anymore. So totally changed and it pisses yeah. yeah. me off that it's changed. Really? <laughs> yes, because if you're a TV writer, you have to – you have to be able to write in someone else's voice. Oh, and um, the point of the spec script is to show the, the showrunner yeah. that yeah. you can write in their voice right. and that your pilot is unique and delightful, I'm certain, but I want to see that you can suspend your own voice and write in someone else's. Sure. makes me crazy that nobody's writing specs anymore, but I was like the last dinosaur. I would say, to, yeah. like like when I was staffing I'd be like, I'm not reading them if they don't have a spec.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel like the original pilots, though, that can get closer to the voice you're looking for give you enough, or...? I feel that it's it's
4: a bummer for our business that that because when we when I was starting out, you wanted to have something original and you specs. to have specs. Yeah. You wanted to have yeah. both, and people would read both. They would want to see what your voice was, and then that you could suspend mm-hmm. your voice and write yeah. in someone yeah. else's. And that is the skill set that is unique to this to yeah. this yeah. thing that I've not always been able to do. I've mm. I've had jobs where I couldn't write in the voice of, of that showrunner. Yeah. And so I I wish it was still the trend, but it, yeah. But I and I even told some young writer like a year ago. I was like, yeah, no, definitely write a spec. And then I had dinner with my agent. And he was like, you have no. to stop telling people. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. went and so we did a, like a little talk somewhere, and it, I think the teacher was still telling the students to do a spec of something. And I was like, mm. no. No, 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 no. Nobody's I mean, gonna, I mean, it's it's, good it's a good
3: exercise, yeah. I guess.
2: It's just something you That's don't want to necessarily
3: yeah. it's
1: show people. But, yeah, yeah, I think you
2: kind of want to write the type of pilot that you feel like you would love to get staffed yeah. on, but yeah, but then that also, yeah, well, and and maybe it is, but because someone got, I mean... People think that that show is going to read that spec still. Right. That's still like a confusion out there where people will offer to send me a spec, and I'm like,
1: please don't, no, please don't, please don't. And there are fewer shows to spec than there used to be because yes. there are so many shows. Yeah, yeah many well, shows. also you the showrunner's know. not even going to
0: know the show you're specing.
1: Exactly. exactly. So. That's the I will say now.
4: that Wells also it, sort of his theory, and I've watched it, and it's different than than sort of how I grew up. But his right. theory is um, hire great writers and the act. And the directors will homogenize the voice toward the middle. Like so, he mm-hmm. hires a lot of playwrights, like people who yeah. can just go away and break story by themselves and write a great script. Even if it, so sometimes huh. if you watch Shameless, if you really watch it, like if you binge watch it, you can start to recognize which writer wrote, wrote which episode. You, can, mm-hmm. our voices are different, mm-hmm. and and John will do a little mm-hmm. massaging toward the middle, and then the directors and the cast, but he he doesn't feel that attachment to suspend your own voice.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I will say, I agree. I, I do think it's a good exercise, certainly, to have, uh, write, write a speck of an existing show. It's been a small crusade on this podcast to get people to do that. And you still do need them for fellowships and and sure. contests and things like right. that. That's sure. what yeah. they tend to accept. And the
4: occasional asshole like me who goes, well, do they have a TV speck? Which, yeah. which I think... <laughs> right.
1: When you had to have both, I think it was, think it was a still great have situation. I my. Um, what did you a, write?
2: I wrote a Will and Grace spec. So did I. I somehow what Will and Grace yours? has been a part of my life just <laughs> <laughs> all, all along. Ruining it constantly. This year, yeah, no, no, no. Um, it was me and my friend Jeremiah. This was before Lizzie and I were working together. And, yeah, we were in a Will and Grace spec. Nice.
1: Yeah. That was a good show to spec, too. The yeah, voices the time, were so strong. At time.
2: Yeah, I'm going to send it to you, Chris. Please do.
1: Please <laughs> do. To see if I can get on to Shameless.
2: <laughs> it, uh, it was, what was uh, Grace Kisses a Woman. That uh, was our big idea. Nice. I thought so, that, was good, good. that was a good a idea. That was a good idea. Yeah. You guys, I want your approval.
4: <laughs> I'm desperate for your approval. <laughs> you know, my first specs taught me that I needed to change careers because the first thing that I specced was friends. Mm, I oh, fr- specced friends, and I specced mad about you. Uh-huh. And I specced just shoot me. I wrote a lot of specs. That's why I'm bitter that nobody writes specs. Uh, yeah. uh-huh. uh, and mad about you is my first spec. I got the way. same <laughs> notes from too many people. You're really great at character. This is very funny. It's not funny enough. Mm. Wow. It's not... I wasn't willing to... Suspend what I considered to be emotional reality in mm-hmm. order to insert joke, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh-huh. I, I. And you have to in half hour be willing to suspend whatever you consider to be emotional reality to make the funniest joke three times on a page, basically. Yeah. And that wasn't my. I, it wasn't my cup of tea, and that was very painful. But then I was told to write hour long TV. It had taken me, I think, four months to write my friends back, and it took me. Four days yeah. to write a yeah, speck of you felicity. you can feel when you right. uh, when you, you, get you get hit into your right thing, thing. It's like it was the best advice I ever got, but it felt like the most painful thing in the world at the time but i don't have to work those crazy nights that sitcom writers work (laughs) i have a it's a better life so that's my little spiritual thing like when you get awful when awful shit happens sometimes it's the best thing it's the best sure uh uh,
1: was that Felicity spec the thing that went out and became a uh, calling card yes it was that's Mm -hmm. great so that led to work yeah um guys we are just about out of time um this was delightful. Thank you all so much. I want it's to, to hear uh, what you guys are watching on TV right now. What are you excited about? What are you guys talking about with each other, with your rooms, with your friends and loved ones? Um, Stephanie, let's start with you.
0: I don't get to watch a lot of TV these days because apparently it'll fuck up your child in perpetuity if you watch TV.
1: <laughs> so it's nah. on. I think we're all proof of that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so Jane all the all Virgin them. is the one that I've really been keeping mm-hmm. up with and my crazy ex-girlfriend.
1: Good ones. Mm-hmm. Good ones. Lizzie, what do you want?
0: Um
3: I just finished um Happy Valley season two. I was really behind. Okay. So I just finished that and I'm really sad. I think they are doing a season three, I heard. But yeah. It's like I but I've I'm just loved it so much. I like really dark TV. Um and then uh Search Party recently finished. Um, and then other than that, I'm watching like terrible reality stuff right now. What is your terrible
1: reality <laughs> of choice?
3: Um, I like pretty much everything on Bravo. So mm-hmm. all the housewives. Yeah. Because um, sometimes I feel like I can't watch, like it's hard for me to watch other comedies because I feel like I'm just like evaluating it the whole yeah. time. Yeah. So I like drama anymore. and then like a, a really interesting comedy like Search Party because mm-hmm. it had like that element to it. And then otherwise I just, I like to watch things and like turn my brain off.
2: At night. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Comedy-wise, I would say Search Party was amazing. I love to watch Billy on the Street. I wish it wasn't in production Uh, year-round. It's (laughs) just such a—that's what I watch when the—I have a little baby, too, and when he gets up in the middle of the night, I'll watch the old Billy on the Streets because it's the perfect thing To like yeah. just take your mind off of everything, and you it's don't not have to in our format. Attention. It's not in our format, so mm-hmm. I don't. You're never thinking like, "Oh, is that a good act blow?" It doesn't matter. It's like he just <laughs> ran away from an old woman, <laughs> <laughs> called her a bitch. Like that's the perfect joke. That's the perfect joke. And then I also, though, I don't. I yeah, I'm not. I want to watch comedies, and I'll check them out. But I am more drawn to like. The Happy Valleys. I watched this show called Marcello, which is another British detective show. Oh, wait. It's another Not British right detective out. show. Yeah, it's like I'll watch any murder, you know, British murder show, sure. basically. I would love to go to Britain and get murdered, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's like my I fantasy vacation. You it's my I, fantasy I, vacation. And
0: I want that for you.
2: Yeah. Thank, thank you. <laughs> That's so you, nice of
0: you. you put it out on Craigslist, I'm sure someone <laughs> can help you out with that. Well,
2: that I shouldn't actually say that a lot, because one time I did say I wanted to go to England and see Hugh Grant, and then the second night I was there, he was in the restaurant I was in. So I should not I say know, I to not want <laughs> to I I go to Ireland. I want to go to Ireland. I think it only works with bread. Getting murdered in Ireland would also be so picturesque, so romantic. Oh. Yeah, all so picturesque. <laughs> Just on a bluff, it's fucking dead. There's more ghosts there too. Yeah. there's like a handsome Irish guy nearby. Did he do it? Who knows? Sorry. <laughs>
1: Krista, what are you watching these days? This
4: is so fun. It's like a fun writer's room.
2: Really?
4: Um, <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah, thank, thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Uh, what am I watching? I watch a lot of single camera half hours on cable. So um, I'm obsessed with Catastrophe. Oh, with wow. so, good. Yeah, it's so, so, so Sharon Morgan and Rob Delaney. And um, uh, Casual, I love. Oh Ma- Michaela Watkins and I went to college together. So, and okay. we were roommates together in Portland, Oregon, before we moved oh, wow. here. So that's wow. so nice. fun. Um, and... I think Transparent is incredible, yeah. Yeah. and I loved Insecure on HBO. Mm-hmm. You, it, it's oh yeah, it's really so good. funny. Haven't
3: watched it. I need yeah.
4: To um, yeah, I just started watching Divorce. Uh, it's a little traumatizing, particularly with my boyfriend. So we don't. We're. I don't know if we're going to get through that one, but it's funny. Um, and uh, and then I've been watching. I mean, I watch Orphan Black. I watch, yeah. but it's, it's been. I am waiting for a okay. new season, and. um, What else am I watching? An hour long TV. I've been watching. This is us. It gives me a good Mm -hmm. cry every week. I find it delightful and earnest and funny. (laughs) And I thought that that I I, I can see from your faces that you're not watching it. But they did an incredible. I I I don't
2: like to have feelings. (laughs) They did (laughs) an incredible, (laughs) a stunning hour.
4: This last hour that they that aired, they just. It was, man, it was like a little piece of art, and I wrote network TV for so many years that I know how hard it is to make art on network TV, and I'm so admire. This is my little love letter to Dan Fogelman. I don't Mm -hmm. know him,
1: but I'm so impressed. That's an interesting point. I mean, I think looking at the stuff that's on TV, on network even, but especially on cable, it is changing. I mean, there is more of a creator's voice. There is Mm -hmm. more risk-taking. It has to. Yeah, yeah, want to stay
4: relevant. Yeah. It, they're going to have to if they want yeah. to attract talent if yeah. they want to attract yeah. keep writers writing yeah. for network and keep actors showing up they have to they have they're going to have to ease up the so many cooks in the kitchen process yeah and, and
2: trying to appeal to everyone. everybody. everybody Yeah, yes. I was, I was going to yeah Silicon Valley and Veep don't do that like yeah. there's yeah. a yep. lot right. yeah you have to and just, it's so nice sometimes to
3: get into a show like Atlanta like I just mm-hmm. loved and I was like this is such a different voice like this is not like necessarily like for me mm-hmm. but it's so great and like I just love watching it like it was every episode was so different and like if, I don't know just it's so nice sometimes to just find something where you're like wow what is this I've really never seen anything like and
2: this I, and I think that for networks they have to start re-embracing the idea of like losers and comedy because like Silicon Valley and Veep is riddled with terrible people and yeah. losers mm-hmm. and then networks sometimes is like could they be good at their jobs and, and likable like they cannot right? no they can't like when you look at like and and I'm not, you know, not, and like, the Friends were likable, but Mm -hmm. they were also not, it wasn't like, how can we give them like constant victories? Like that kind of stuff in comedy, it's working against having those, (laughs) yeah, against humor and against having the more original, and there are good comedies on network, don't get me wrong, it's Mm -hmm. just that, you know, I think that it's maybe in animation we have less pressure to have them be like like if you hear the word aspirational, it's like you do want to. It's like time to open your pill bottle because it's just <laughs> like it's not people <laughs> don't aspire to be the funny people in the world. Like they just, I mean, there's I think Friends became sort of aspirational because it's like they got just better hair and stuff as it went. Sure, like oh, I love living hair. hair.
4: I will say that I wrote network TV exclusively mm-hmm. for 13 years straight, like 22 episodes mm-hmm. a year, yeah. and when I came. Out, it was like I had to. I wrote, I sold a movie, and I wrote it, and it was about divorce. And I thought I did such an incredible job, and I didn't understand why it didn't get made. It was for Reese Witherspoon, it was for Universal, and then I showed it to Rob Delaney, who's a right. friend, who's who, who's one of the who's yeah. the actor and creator of Catastrophe. Yeah. And he read it, and he and he said, "It's funny, but everyone is so fucking well behaved, Krista. It's about uh-huh. divorce." <laughs> and I was like. It's like that network, like make them likable, make them likable, make, mm-hmm. make them likable, make them likable, make it yeah. aspirational. It was like in me mm-hmm. so that I had not allowed people to behave the way people behave, which right. is horribly, and then the victory feels bigger, but there's been this thing mm-hmm. of make them likable and make it aspirational that gets into you, yeah. and right.
2: that they're going to have yeah. to start. I think it's like right. people want to be inside of a world. It doesn't have to be a good world. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. the thing is like the wor- like you want to be inside the crown or Atlanta, mm-hmm. or old friends, or what? it just feels like a fully realized place, yeah. and for some, that is more like, you know, at the end of the day, you want to go into this little, you know, through the little looking glass into this, like, fully realized mm-hmm. place, and when it's too phony, too aspirational, it, it's fine but it's you know i don't know if you, they're going to get back to like winning awards and having shows that people are super right. passionate about if they don't change it up you a little bit you want to relate that's why
4: insecure is my favorite i you yeah. want to relate i and i it's like it feels real it feels, real and, feels real and you want to see your own bad behavior like i'm i feel like i'm watching my 20s on that show and i feel better about it <laughs> like oh i want to grab right. and be like it gets better it gets better. you know <laughs> and then it gets worse again <laughs> anyway. Right. The, 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 he'll get divorced eventually, but it will get better. for no. But um, anyway, I, I do think they're going to have to
1: do we is this something I mean, look, as we know that the network has to shift uh, and the networks have to shift. And I think it's it is starting to happen. What does that mean for pitching this year?
0: Yeah.
1: Do we go in and do we pitch what they've made for the past 20 years or do we go in and pitch what the new thing is?
4: I think you go in and you pitch what you feel passionately about, and they buy it if they buy it, and they don't if they don't. I think that when you start trying to adjust your pitch to what you think they want, you you will die, both inside and in your career. Like, mm-hmm. you cannot try to match the voice of what you think is their yeah, it's buying. It's always
0: shifting, so you're, it's you're, always you're
3: shifting, running so after something yes. that's changing Well, direction. and the problem is if you... Do do that. That'll be the one that they decide to shoot, and they will make it. And you'll be doing a show that you don't really
2: know or like, right? But But I I do think it's it's a little scary. This does depend a little bit on what phase of your career you're in. Like, you know, if you've done a bunch and you sort of like know the lay of the land and you know how to like kind of, you know fit the thing that you want into something that they will still buy or whatever, you know, like, great. If if you're starting out, if this is your first opportunity, of course it might be a little more of like, let's aim something. ABC's doing mm-hmm. different types of families. If you have a great show like that, great. Because it's like you do need to get your foot in the door and That's be seen true. as someone who's a sane, funny person who can write that first pilot, get through the process, not burn your bridges, do a, do a good script, whether it goes or not, you know, but then if you're, yeah, if you're 10 years in, you may say yeah. i want to go in there with my big passion project and hope this is the year they take a mm-hmm. chance so you know it's just adjusting yeah, it to where you thing. are because i know there's you- probably people listening who are more at that yeah. starting line but stage. also they can't they sort of go look i'm
4: i have this show that I love and believe I can sell to this place and this place, but my agent wants me to go sell it to these eight places. Sure. I'm going to try to adjust my pitch slightly toward ABC or slightly toward NBC. Maybe I'll get a different buy, but where I really think I'm going to sell it is CW, and -hmm. that's where it's speaking to me from. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a way to not try to figure out what they, the big capital T, they mm-hmm. want mm-hmm. in Hollywood this year. Because, but but what's nice is they're all going to let us write character stuff again because of yeah. This Is Us. <laughs> yeah. So that's nice. But but yes, you're right. I'm speaking from a lofty, like, well, I want to put well, my yeah, on It depends on, on how
2: close yeah. you're to getting yeah. evicted. Yeah. And there's, yes. a, there's yeah. a difference. Yeah. <laughs> like there's If you're di- about to get yeah. evicted,
3: go fucking sell
2: a piece of shit
3: <laughs> show. But there's also a difference between <laughs> selling your pitch and then what you end, end up writing. Writing. doing. So yes. yeah, like, you <laughs> can... You as, know, sh up talk. your pitch with all the, you know, right stuff or yeah, yeah. wherever you're going and then you can kind of scoot it back toward
2: what you originally liked a little bit better. I mean Yeah, you're talking to two people who once interviewed to work on a scripted Polyshore shore reality show. So, you know We didn't get We were the starving job. guys. I'm sorry. Not literally <laughs> we didn't get starving, yeah. but congratulations we were, yeah. on not getting we did that not job. Get it. And <laughs> we then did we not. got Bob's burgers right after that. No so way. I guess Lauren has no taste. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. Um, Sil- silver lining. <laughs> silver yeah. lining. We didn't get to meet Polly, but Look,
1: things don't work out how you think they're going to. You didn't yep. get to meet Polly. I know. Um, thank you guys so much for being <laughs> here. Uh, this you. was all great stuff. Thank uh, you. Thank you so much.
0: Now
2: leaving
1: nerdist.com.